0: Did you know that historically, across the globe and throughout time, one of the most oppressed people groups actually has been women. Yeah, now we're not here to make a women's lib movement, but I do feel like it is a beautiful thing when we begin to uncover exactly what it is that God says about us. Because listen, God is not into oppression. He is into freedom and liberation. And the things we're gonna uncover in today's episode with Hannah Conway, a previous guest, a historian and theologian, but she's fun and exciting. I know, those things sound like she might be boring. She is not boring. We have a lot of a really good time she uncovers what exactly God says in the word about women so that you can feel the freedom in your soul to take up space, be exactly who you are, whether that's in your family, in your relationships, even in your church and in your community. And spoiler, one of the words God uses to describe you as a woman, he only uses for himself and women. Yep, pretty exciting. You're pretty important. And so the rest of what God says about us is even more cool. So we're gonna dive in, it's gonna be great, let's go. Hi, you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenna Lee Samuel. On this show, I bring the simplicity of hearing God's voice into everyday life in a no-nonsense, authentic, and super practical way. With coffee in hand and real life in our faces, let's do this. everybody. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode here at Java with Jen. I have a sweet, special, beautiful, wonderful guest with me, Hannah Conway, who is, it feels like when we talk, like we're besties from childhood because I don't know, I just connect with her. And so she has actually been on the show before and we had a really great time. And we, during that episode, we talked a little bit and I was like, girl, we got to open that can of worms in another episode. And we talked a little bit about what the Bible says about women and, specifically the phrase Ezra Kinedgo," right? Knedgo? <laughs> whatever, so I can't say. It. So close. So close. <laughs> and so I wanted Hannah to come on and talk about that because she has a degree in history and Hannah, you can share with us a little bit more about what led you to the insights of this. But first of all, welcome and thank you for coming back.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. We have the best time chatting. I completely agree with you. It feels like we just connect and hit it off and we've been friends since childhood and mm-hmm. we could literally talk power. We could. (laughs) It's true. It's dangerous actually. It is so so dangerous. It is so dangerous.
0: Okay. So you are, so in our last episode, we talked about how Hannah is actually plays a really beautiful role in a very unsuspecting denomination, uh, training women how to be leaders and do ministry. And in her denomination, historically, it hasn't been that open to women in those roles. And so the irony of it, I just love. And so you'll have to check out Hannah's other episode, and I'll try to track it down while you're talking so I can give everyone the number of it. But it wasn't too long ago, just a few weeks ago. Um, But because of that, Hannah has done a lot of research and a lot of digging into, well, what does the Bible actually say about our role as women and and the role that we can play biblically? Because, of course, we want to be biblical. Um, And she has come to discover that the things God says about us are so much more empowering and beautiful and freeing and liberating than we have been taught or then maybe we assumed or realized. And so Hannah, why don't you give us a little bit of background of yourself for those who didn't catch the other episode and then let us know, like, how did you get into that little, that, that place of discovery specifically about Ezra Kinetko?
1: Oh girl, this is so fun. This is a fun story. So I am, um, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, um, I am a women's ministry director and communication director at our church. So all things social media, communications. It's a fun world. Mm-hmm. Um, an army wife, and I've got three kids, two grown, one still at home. Um, and I have a history degree. I was a history teacher for for several years. I am truly nerdy at the core. Like I would be, I would be a professional college student. Like I would just go to school. <laughs> like, I love, <laughs> love to learn and I love to teach. Like it's it's mm-hmm. um it is fun it's fun for me and anything that I learn I I do my best to pass it on but from a young age I felt a call to ministry mm-hmm. but being in the domination that I was in I truly I truly didn't think that was for for me like there must have been something wrong with that calling because mm-hmm. did God even did he call girls did he call women I wasn't sure I didn't see any women represented in the area that I was in and so I'm um, truly I truly thought and heard, you kind of catch worse caught than taught yeah. that I could be a pastor's wife or I could be a missionary. And mm-hmm. so those were the two things that I thought. And I was like, ah, and eventually um, <laughs> I discovered that your calling is, is to love God and love people and everyone mm-hmm. is on mission. And so I kind of embraced this life on mission mentality, which I'm a huge, like, I'm like, yes, this is what we're supposed to be doing, whatever you're doing. Uh-huh. but later it, it was, it just continued to be this tug. It was like, mm-hmm. there's more, there's more. And I was like, what do you mean there's more? Like I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing. And eventually um, in 2019, I was was still teaching. I was in the classroom. I was a middle school teacher and, it, and I had already, I was already writing. So I was like, God, I'm living on mission. What else do you want from me? Mm-hmm. And it was very much like, I'm supposed to be in vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do with that. And so I saw a need in our church. I saw a need for women's ministry. I saw a need for communications and media stuff, which i had been doing in the author world. And so I was like, I can see where this can benefit the church and mm-hmm. their message. And so I put a proposal together, um, took it to our pastor and he, he. I had to wait kind of three years, but eventually he he brought me, he brought me on, he brought me on when they were able. And I came on literally, it was like, so that was like 2016. I submitted the proposal 2019. Uh Um, I knew I needed to step out whether my church hired me or not. Mm -hmm. And by the end of that May of 2019, I stepped out of the classroom and just went out on faith was hired in August, um, part time and then 2020 hit. And so it was like, I'm so glad that God brought me on in time to help with communications and media and stuff like that Mm -hmm. with all that. But yeah, that's what it, that's what it looked like. But as I came on staff, I work with eight pastors, eight male pastors and um, working with the guys. It was, it was just, they are wonderful and I love them and they've been nothing but my biggest champions, but it's, it's, peculiar to be the only woman. And so I don't, I didn't quite know where I fit. I didn't know any other women in ministry. And so I just started asking questions like, God, what do you, what do you say about us as women? What do you say about us as like women in ministry? Like what in the world? Yeah. And I just started digging and um, I, you know, I had taught history. I knew about the early church history, but what I noticed was like where, where are the women? Like what's going on? And after digging, they're there. There's like Ah. hundreds of years of history Mm. of women in ministry, and they've been lost to time essentially. So anyway, digging in and learning about their stories, I just felt a connection Mm. and seeing how Jesus interacted with women in, um, and the bible is beautiful and so in our culture we read over these stories like the woman at the well and mary mm. and martha and even his own mama the way he interacted with her was so precious we read over them in our culture and don't really pause but they're super significant to mm. to the hebrew people the original audience listening they would have been like oh, what what is Jesus doing? And mm-hmm. um, so learning that, like learning about the Jewish culture in the first century, the the world that Jesus was born into really rocked my world. And there were a couple of studies that um, it, the questions that I asked God, you know, like were, what do you say about us women in ministry? And he just gave me resources that mm-hmm. helped. He just led me to these resources that helped me. And one of them was a study by Christy McClellan, who I like, I'm telling you, I'm her biggest fan. I love her. (laughs) She's a professor. She's a biblical culturalist. Um, and she wrote a study called Jesus and women, Mm -hmm. and it changed my life. And it looks at, she teaches the Bible from the first century Jewish perspective. Mm -hmm. And I respected her as I would, I mean, I would call her a historian as a, as a highly educated woman, as a woman who loves culture and history, who's also a teacher, a professor. I'm like, I speak that language and Uh she just, it blew my mind. And so then I start reading. I literally, I showed you before we hit record, I have all these books. I'm like, Uh if anyone wants to know more, here are these books. Uh And I just, I couldn't stop reading and studying. And what I found was this freed me in a way. Like I, I was 37 years old before I knew what God really said about me. Wow. And like, I knew some things, you know, like I knew my identity in Christ, but like, as a woman, what did he say as a woman Mm -hmm. in ministry, as a woman who, who he made in his image and called and commissioned. And once I learned it, I was like, oh man, (laughs) it just set me on fire. And so Uh anytime I have the opportunity to speak to women, teach women, any of the, the leadership training that I do, I'm always like, first and foremost let's talk about who God is and his definition of himself. Cause you need to know who he is and knowing who he is, he will help you know who you are. Mm-hmm. And then we need to talk about the first two words that God calls you. And that is helper suitable Ezer connecto, because it means stu- like <laughs> it's insane. So that, that is how that journey started. And, okay. um, I'm just, I'm, I'm pumped.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, well, we're going to get, we're going to get into what are some of those things that he says, but first of all, you mentioned earlier before we hit record that one question you get is how come we're just now learning this and you Mm. made some really valuable points when you were describing that. And I feel like it lays a good foundation for women hearing
1: what you're sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. Um, and, and these questions come from men and women, like mm-hmm. what, why is this information new? Why are we just now learning this? And, and, and I'm like, okay, I, I hear you. I can understand why you might be skeptical of, I've never heard this. Um, yeah. but the truth is every translation, every, every version of the Bible is a translation mm-hmm. and the people who were interpreting it are, were, because many of them were obviously gone. <laughs> um they were doing their best to use the words that they had mm-hmm. to express the meaning of these words um in another language. And so things get lost in translation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um they'll say well the bible says this. This is and I'll be like absolutely the bible says this but what it says And what it means might be different because of culture, because of expressions. And one of the examples that I gave you was if I said, I killed two birds with one stone and I wrote that down and someone finds it a thousand years from now. And they read that like, if we don't know the culture behind that, the expression behind it, right. It's an idiom. It doesn't mean that I actually killed two birds with one stone right so that's they'll think you're they'll think you're a mighty warrior not that's right not witty or something yeah that's right that's right and so we see that we if we don't understand the jewish idioms and the culture we miss out on that and so the hebrew Mm -hmm. language the way i was taught and explained is it works like a suitcase mm-hmm. that one word can mean many things and and you have to look at the context and you look at the culture and what's happening to get a a really good understanding of what what that is um yeah. so and then another thing i would say is so for the first time that i'm aware of in history is women have more time to study these topics to mm-hmm. study these issues and for centuries, I would even say millennia, mm-hmm. um women weren't afforded an education for the mm-hmm. most part. Um they they just they just weren't. If they yeah. were, it was limited and um and so what they were taught was, well this is what it says, this is what it must mean, and then you move on. And and you know, even before we hit record, I was like I'm not trying to be sexist or point any malicious intent out but not a lot of scholarly effort has been focused on on the subject of women of what god says and about women it's been like oh this is what it says move on but what does it mean right Mm -hmm. and so um as a woman and the men who are who were studying this honestly there was probably no malicious intent it was just like it doesn't have to do with me and they move on right Yeah, yeah and so now for the first time women are like, well, I want to see what it says. And they're taking the time to look and read and compare it to other documents of the time and what was happening culturally and, um, different archeological things that have been found that have brought light to some of the the verses that that truly confuse us. Uh And (laughs) that's what's happening. So none of this is new. It's always been there. and It's just like it's been uncovered, yeah. like an archaeological dig. No, you're yeah. right. And I,
0: no, you're right. We do. And because you, you'd mentioned how we have so many more educated women who can take the initiative mm-hmm. to do the researching and do the, because like my husband, for example, I, if I watch a guy movie, it just does not hit me like watching a chick flick will right. And, and, right. and vice versa. And it's like, I will draw out different things from that chick flick than he will draw out because we're looking at it through different lenses and, and it hits different. Right. And so it's the same thing. I had a friend years ago who, um, was from another culture. And when we would, we would conversate, uh, I would use, I didn't realize how many idioms I I would oh. use in communication <laughs> until he would be like, what does that mean? Or he would have to, I didn't know he was spending a lot of time on Google in our conversations because he was trying to figure out what I was talking about (laughs) because English was not his first language. And then, but then sometimes he would communicate with me and use like an idiom or just a phrase from his culture and it would be offensive. And I would, I would be like, wait a second. I don't think he means it offensively. What do you mean by that? And so I would have to dig in and say, yeah. and he was from the East too. And so I would have to be like, okay, what does that phrase mean in your culture? Cause this is what it means in my culture. And he would be like, oh no, that's not what I'm saying. And oh. so I feel like that's such a literal picture of, of the bible and understanding the culture the language the phraseology like one of the comments that paul makes in the new testament the the punctuation didn't translate but the punctuation indicated sarcasm when he was talking about women and it created like we interpreted it totally backwards simply right. because that punctuation didn't translate and so things like that like if you've ever been in that kind of a situation where there's a language barrier Remember Mm -hmm. that happens with the scriptures and, and it's really kind of a dangerous thing to look at scripture Mm -hmm. and just take it straight out at face value, because that's the same thing as talking to someone from another
1: culture and taking everything they say at face value. Right. And when, you know, when we talk about studying the Bible, one of the things that, that I have learned, and I didn't learn this until I was an adult when you study you want to know who's the original audience like the author who wrote this book and who did they write it to because you want to know you want to know that original audience you want to know what's going on Mm -hmm. um take a look around the culture and i like to grab like you know again i'm a geek nerd to the core i like (laughs) to look at historically what's going on around there Uh um anything else I need to know culturally about what's happening. And, and then um, I look, you know, maybe themes of the book and how it fits in the meta narrative or the, the, the one story of the Bible that it's telling and, mm. and hold those things as I read. And that helps us to get a better mm. interpretation, right? Yeah. Um, Cause we all come to the Bible reading with our own I don't know, our own bias, our own whatever. And so if we can wow. hold these lenses, our own experiences, I guess would be a better way of saying that. Um, but if we can have those lenses in mind, that frame of reference as we mm. as we read it, it helps, right? Yeah. to understand, get a better understanding of what's of what's going on. And it's just it's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. it is it is beautiful, ok.
0: So speaking of beautiful, it was beautiful when God made women. And that is where the word Ezer conegdo comes in and so because some people don't don't even know they're like where'd they whip that word out of you know like where's that from that's the original that's the original Hebrew that Uh speaks to women the word women so read where it comes from define it for us
1: and let's dive into the juicy goodness yeah yeah so I'm gonna pull it up right now and let's see here okay so um it's Genesis 218 Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper or helper suitable who is just right for him. Mm -hmm. And so it's Ezer Konegdo and Ezer means helper and Konegdo would be the suitable part. And we'll, we'll dive into that, but there, there are two words put together to mean this one more than one (laughs) beautiful thing, but the word Ezer Mm The word "Ezer" it does mean helper, but in our culture, when we say helper, um, it means something very different than in their culture, than the original audience's culture. And so, mm-hmm. ours, if we say helper, you might think of um, a lesser than role, mm-hmm. like it's you're you're not necessary. You're just helping me. Um, almost like a little kid, I can Mm -hmm. let them help me in the kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. I don't really need them. And that's, that's the kind of um, connotation the word helper has in our culture. But that is, that is not what the word is. And so the the word actually has this um, connotation of of strength of a military type word. Mm. And so it, it means to give strength and aid or rescue to someone who cannot do it for themselves. And so,
0: (laughs) Wait, let's have a moment of silence for that because wow, that's so good. And every wife of every man, I
1: think it's like, I see it. I see see it. it. (laughs) Yeah. So it, it is literally like, so whereas helper, if we're, if we're like, I'm using my hands here. If our, if we have hands side by side, so Ezra is like side by side, but in our culture helper, it puts that role below mm-hmm. and that that's not the case. Ezra is side by side, mm-hmm. aiding, strengthening, rescuing in a way that the other cannot do for themselves. Wow. And the first word, I just get chills thinking about this. The first word that God uses to describe a woman is Ezer, And he himself calls himself an Ezer. Wow. And I, How much honor is there in that? And, and we have to understand too, like in this world, in this culture, in this day and time, women were not valued. They were not seen equal to men. Um, the, if you go back and look historically at the teachings of women, there were thoughts that we were like undercooked. Like we were not, we were a deformed version of a man. We were oh, not. Lord whole you know and it was taught that we were not capable like we were not smart we weren't capable of learning as much and so this is the this is the frame of reference um that that we need to keep in mind when we read this so for God to come in and say something very different Mm. from culture he is saying she's an Ezra and I am also an Ezra so the Mm. same like that same kind of strength that necessary that necessariness. Mm -hmm. He, he, he called us that he's saying something very different than what the culture is saying. It's beautiful. And so you can look up like the famous scriptures, you know, I, I look up to the mountains, where does my help come from? Where does my Ezra come from? And so when you are looking at scriptures and God, you see the word help, it's Ezra. When God is, is, is being an Ezra or helper to Israel, mm. he's saving her, rescuing her in a way that she cannot do for herself. Wow! And it, it's it's beautiful. Wow. And so, um, I also want to say that Ezra connecto, it is our verb. It's our function in um, in all of our relationships. It's not just mm. the man wife relationship. It's how we show up in our life, in all relationships and siblings and coworkers and aunts and uncles. It's, it's what we do. It's not what we look like. This is how we are to function mm. in all areas of our life and our relationship. And so wow. the first word that God uses is Ezer. It's a word he uses to describe himself. Wow. And it is like, that should just be enough. <laughs> that, should be <laughs> enough. that should be enough. But it's, uh-huh. he, he goes, he goes further because he's just He's just good like that. So connecto is the next word and it is only found one time in the Bible. And Mm -hmm. so when a word is only found one time in the Bible, like it's, it's called a hypox legomena. I think I'm saying that right. It's like the law of first. It's like, yep. Like one time. And so Uh scholars had to go to outside sources that would have been written at that time to figure Mm -hmm. out. What is this word and what does it mean? And so where Ezra has this um, depiction of side-by-side, aiding, rescuing, strengthening in a way the other can't do for themselves, connecto has this um, spirit of like, like holding accountable, like standing in front of someone not letting them go whatever way they want to go, but like I'm gonna ask hard questions. I'm gonna hold you accountable. And so Ezra Konecto is like side by side and face to face. and as a, like I'm like as a woman, as as a wife, as a mother, as a as a former teacher, like I'm looking at the different ways of in my life that the places that I show up and, you know, do life with others. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> and so um christy mcclellan who I, I talked about earlier who i first heard her teach on this and it just it shook me it shook me uh she just makes a point she's like you might find that you are better at one than the other like you might find that you're a better other than you are a connecto like which one comes more natural and i was like i think I think I'm a better Ezra, but I have those moments where it's like, uh, uh, we're, we're connect (laughs) Yes.
0: I'm like, I'm over here. You guys can't see me because you don't see the video, but I'm over here almost laughing hysterically because I'm thinking over my last, just my last week with my husband and, and how I have literally stood in his face and called him on the carpet and been like, I don't think so. You know? And, and he's like, my wife does, he said it on Sunday. He was like, my wife doesn't let me slide. On anything, and I'm like, right, because I'm
1: holding you to what you're capable of being. You know, that's right. You are being a connecto. You are being his Ezra connecto, and (laughs) that is what we are. Like, it's it's our function. And Mm. I'm telling you, like, when I learned that, first of all, I sat in my car and I cried for a hot minute. Like, it just overwhelmed me. Um, so I've been asking God, like, right, like I've been asking God. Okay. Are you sure you called me in a ministry? I'm a woman. Yeah. Did you know that? Like, are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. If I'm allowed to do that. Like, are you sure? <laughs> and then what do you say about us? Like what, like help me learn what mm. you say and where you want me to go. And he answered it in just this way that overwhelmed me. Wow. <laughs> and it was so good. And I, I mean, I truly, I was 37 when I learned this and I will never forget it. And then the women who who I've been able to help teach this to, um, they they have come to me with tears. Mm. They have come and, and they're like, we we never knew. Why are we just now knowing this? Like, mm. ha- why am I just now hearing this? One of them was 65, and she was like, Hannah, I am 65 years old, and I'm just now hearing this, and it yeah. broke my heart. Like it, it broke my heart, and mm. I remember. um, not long after learning it, it it just, it set a fire underneath me. I'm sure everyone was tired of hearing me talk about it. I was like, I don't think you understand. Like, I don't (laughs) think you understand what a big deal this is, (laughs) but I was, I was hanging out. We had a a staff meeting and I was talking with some of the pastors, you know, that I work with and I was, and I was telling them about this and I was like, do you all know this? And several of them were like, yeah. And I was like, why didn't you
0: teach us this why
1: why like why have you not said anything and and truly like there was no I love these men there was no malicious intent there was no it was like
0: it just didn't uh, resonate it it didn't resonate for them it
1: it didn't they were just like I don't it just yeah it did not occur to them and um I was like okay It's like, all right. I have a job to do. (laughs) I do. And seriously, everywhere I go, I'm like, legit, we're going to talk about who God is because you got to know who that first and what he says about himself. So you can know who's you are, who you belong to. And then what he says about you, we're going to start as women with Ezra Connecto, the first two words, and we're going to start there.
0: Okay. So in my brain, I'm thinking back through my life (laughs) moments especially with my husband. Okay, for one, I like that I like that the kindego thing is there because I always wondered why when I would meet all these couples and these men would say, "I love my wife, she's made me a better man." They mm. they always say it and I'm like, "Hold on, why do so many men say that and how exactly why don't you hear women say it?" Why don't you hear women say, he's made me a better woman. And and maybe they do. Maybe they do sometimes. But I far more hear it from a man than yeah. I do from a woman. And I'm like, okay, why? Why is that a thing? And how exactly is it that she's making you a better man? Because from what I see, a lot of women are like, I don't think so, buddy. You know, like <laughs> we don't let him slide, right? And so I was thinking back through my marriage and there was years of my marriage that I think I was supposed to be operating as a go, mm-hmm. calling my husband into better. Um, but I, I thought I had a twisted idea of what submission looked like. Yeah. And I tolerated what I should have been confronting because yes. I thought I was being submissive. I had a wrong understanding of mm-hmm. my role as a woman and I had in relationship to my husband. And so I took this unhealthy submission that looked like no boundaries. It looks right. like I was afraid to speak strongly to my husband because I thought I'm not being submitted. I thought mm-hmm. I was supposed to just turn the other cheek and do nothing. The Lord will fight for you. And, right. and I was abandoning my Kenedgo role. That's because right. When I started walking in boundaries and speaking up and Kenedgo and not letting them slide on mm-hmm. stuff. His character started changing and he started rising to the challenge and becoming the man that I knew was inside of him, but wasn't being demonstrated to that
1: point. Yeah. 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 You can see that, like these were because, again, every interpretation is a translation, and our understanding of a word now is going to be something very different. Not always, but it will be different than what it originally meant. Right. And so when we do say submit, that, there, there's a, Paul is not talking about the way that we think where it is just like being a doormat, Mm -hmm. um, no boundaries that is not. And and actually it's mutual submission. It's we submit to one another. Um, but but, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but yes, our role is as an Ezra connecto. It is to be there side by side, Mm -hmm. aiding, strengthening, rescuing in a way they cannot do for themselves in all relationships of our life. And then connecto face to face, holding accountable, asking hard questions, not letting them want to go, not being, you know, a big jerk because we're doing this in love, but mm-hmm. it's side by side and face to face. And yeah. when you know that, like when, when you're able to rightly see how God made you to function in all area, like in all relationships, it just frees you. To be like oh and those scriptures that seem to tell women to be quiet or Mm -hmm. to submit or whatever you're like how do i hold these two things together Mm -hmm. how do i this doesn't make sense so you you start looking at those other words and you're like oh there's some cultural things going on here that i need to hold and take in consideration there's some there's something else going on here as well so it was a. It was been a. It's been a long journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I will have been in this position where I'm at at church, um, almost five years, which is crazy. And so it's been a almost a five year journey of research, uncovering, and sharing at every opportunity. That I I can get.
0: <laughs> That's so good. Okay. For one, I just want to say, you guys, you're not looking at her beautiful face, but there's no way this woman has two grown children. I'm just saying. <laughs> she, looks, she looks like she's barely 30. So you got that glow thing going, girl. Must Thank be because you. She, must be because you know who you are. Um, oh. Okay. So <laughs> tell me then, because I know a lot of women here, they're going to be trying to, what's it's the word? Appropriate. Appropriate right? what you're describing it's into their life. So what are some practical ways that maybe how did it how did it shift change in your life as far as really practical? Like how did your daily life look different? Or how do you hear from uh, women that their daily life changes when they get this revelation? Yeah. Or maybe what are things that we do naturally walk in that we've shamed
1: ourselves for that yeah. actually are part of us walking in that role? Give us some practicals. Oh my gosh. I, I I will say, I know this may sound silly. I felt like I could breathe deeper. Like I know wow. that like I've had this weight on me like this. I don't even, I don't even know a burden, just heavy shoulders. And, um, it was like, God just took it off, unlocked mm-hmm. something in me. And so honestly, the way I showed up, like, like, and I'll say this because I, I know that we're every different denomination is probably listening to this in our church. There's always for, for women. And I don't want to say always, I guess I shouldn't use those words. Many times Mm -hmm. it's like, we don't know where the line is to serve. We don't know what to say, where to go, what far is, how far is too far. Like we don't have this line for us. And so um, women are reluctant to Mm -hmm. serve in some capacities. Right. And I no longer had that. I, I no longer had that and yeah. so um what I have found is the women who know this it's like they hold their head up. they know who they are, who God has created them to be. Mm-hmm. and it's like they're serving with this new found freedom and joy, mm-hmm. right because we carry this um, as women again, I will not speak for all women for me and for for many women in, in our area, It was like, we carried the shame of I'm a woman, I'm less than, I'm not able to, to serve in capacities. And, you know, if, if we're not able to be pastors, it must be because we are less than we are shameful. We are temptresses. We are not as smart, like all of these things that you think, right. That it, it must be, and no one else is talking about it right we no one's having this conversation and telling us what God actually really says and so we just more is caught than is taught or we just assume mm-hmm. and we live carrying the shame of like i i must not be able i must not be mm-hmm. capable i must be less than, and the truth is not that's not that's not true so i would say just practically like it it just gives you the freedom mm-hmm. to walk in your faith and in your life and to serve, like to live out your life on mission with this new sense of, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah, I'm supposed to be here. I have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. Before it was like, I felt like I was in a corner. Should I be here? And now, no, not that I'm, you know, bulldozing people, but very much like, no. Jesus himself has called and commissioned to me, called and commissioned me and all women who are believers. And we are, we are meant to be here.
0: Yeah. You know, I I can, I love that you say that because I, as a pastor's wife and I say pastor's wife, because that rolls off the tongue easier. I'm a female pastor, but I have, I have, I, in fact, I mentioned it at staff meeting the other day. I was like, you know, in the history of us being married and, and in ministry, I have felt like I've lived with a leash on me because I constantly have to navigate the uh, cultural norms that are in Mm -hmm. place. Even if the, even if the churches I've been at aren't anti-women in leadership, this, the room still isn't quite there. Like it is for men, you know? And, and it's like, just look at your pulpit and take inventory. How many women preach on a Sunday in a given year? Usually Mm -hmm. it's once or twice in a whole year. That's not a very high percentage. And that doesn't exactly send me the message that I belong here.
1: Right. You know, that's, that's right. And, and again, like for our guys that are listening and to the guys that, you know, I love that, that are my pastors that are my friends and my co-workers and mm-hmm. co-laborers. I truly, like, I don't believe there's any malintent there. Right. Like I know they love me and they support me. They just haven't thought about it. Mm-hmm and and they are thinking about it now which is fabulous it, it is fabulous so yeah. um i'm just seeing i'm practically living it out. i'm just seeing our ladies walk in it's like like you've like you're just walking in this new freedom mm-hmm. uh, that's the only thing i can i can say is i have no shame that i'm a woman mm-hmm. i i am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm made in the image of God. I am called and commissioned Mm -hmm. and I'm owning it and asking him to help me walk in that. And so one of the things that that I'll tell you what it looked like for me, Uh I have wanted to go to seminary since I was a teenager, legitimate, like legit. But I was like, I didn't think that I could do that because I was a woman. Or if I did that, like, what could I ever do with it? Like, I don't know. Or what would people think about me? Was Mm -hmm. I trying to overthrow a church and, you know, be some, yeah. I And I, I carry that with me for so long. And, Mm -hmm. um, finally, like I just, I felt, you know, I've been writing and podcasting and speaking and I, I want to continue to do it with excellence. And Mm -hmm. so I just felt this nudge of Hannah, it's time apply. Mm -hmm. And I applied to seminary and got in. Wow. (laughs) I love it. And and even that's crazy. I was like, they're letting me (laughs) So (laughs) so to walk in that, like, I would not have been able to do that when I first started in ministry, because I, I still was like, I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm like, no, I'm supposed to be here. Here I come. (laughs) Gosh, that makes all the difference. When you know, you're supposed to be in a room,
0: you show up differently you know, and anywhere in our life, if you know, Will you come prepared. Yeah. If you know, you've been like, if you know, you're, especially as women, if we know we're wanted, in fact, I heard, I was listening to a podcast about this, this woman CEO from some big fortune 500 company. And she gave the stat. She said, women are like 90% less likely or something to go after a job mm-hmm. and to go after like if they don't feel qualified they have to feel a hundred percent qualified right. to take the risk to go after it whereas men If they're 50% qualified, they're like, cool, I can figure out the rest, you know, and they just go for it. And she said, women are so much more likely to charge less than men. If they're like speakers at an event or whatever, we charge less naturally. We ask for less in the workplace. We don't push for promotions. We don't, because there's a part of us that's like waiting for an invitation, right? And I don't I don't know why that's natural to our female kind. Maybe it's because we're nurturers or something, but so I have a
1: theory. I have a theory. And I don't know. Like again, there is nothing here. This is this is Hannah's writer brain. This is me. Uh So I think it's a product of the curse.
0: So Mm -hmm. like
1: when the fall happens, you know, um, the earth is cursed and Adam has his punishment, and then as women, it says our child labor pains will be increased Mm -hmm. um, and that our desire will be for our husband, but he will rule over us. Mm -hmm. And so and and that's another thing too. Like anytime that you see if we're not side by side and a woman is lower, you know, whatever's going on there, that like, to me, I'm like, that's a product of the curse. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not God's original intent. And so part of me thinks that that us thinking that we're less than is a product of that curse of not yeah. knowing, not remembering, yeah. not seeing ourselves as side-by-side, face-to-face with man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so any, any time that I, cause I do that too. Like when somebody's like, Hey, what is your speaker fee? I'm like, mm, breathe, breathe. <laughs> right. Like I want to be like, I'm coming for free. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but no, you were right. So that is like, that is my theory. And I cannot, you know, sit here and be like, this is this is the proof But I'm like, that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. a product of the curse and I'm not yeah. seeing myself rightly and yeah. the way that God intended.
0: It's so <laughs> true. It's so true. Okay. So help me understand then I had a question. Where did it go? How are, some, how are some ways, and then we'll, we'll wrap and you can suggest maybe whatever books you want to point people to or anything like that, um, but maybe give three simple ways that women can begin to, oh wait, no, that's what I was going to say. Sorry, this was very important. Okay, so back in, remember the uh, Marvel movie, I think it was called Endgame, when- okay essentially it was the big guy and he was like going to destroy the whole world he had the rings he had all the jewels okay and then at the end of the movie all our superheroes all the guys like spider-man and and uh iron man and all those guys they were like dying they were they were dying or they were disappearing or whatever and you think oh my gosh we're losing to the bad guy what Our, our superheroes are dying and then and then comes captain marvel and then comes all these women superheroes yeah. show up on the scene and they help the men and they turn the tide of the battle. When I watched that scene, my spirit jumped inside of me, because I felt like it was so prophetic, not of like this women's liberation movement. No,
1: that's not but it. It's mm-hmm. not it
0: because if you look back throughout history and I heard Chris Valentin say this, that throughout all of history, the most oppressed people group of all time has been women in every culture, it has been women. And there are few little pockets where maybe like the Greeks or whatever, and maybe okay. even over here in the West, you know, where, where women have more of a voice. But throughout history, women have been degraded. Women have been raped. Women have been, yeah. you know, all these different things that women have been suppressed. And they've our been ruled suppressed. over a product. Ruled of a curse. Exactly. And so, but you get, anyways, you get this picture that women have never been able to walk out their full potential, but in God's kingdom there is always redemption he always has the last say and his original design always shows up at the end
1: yes he's reversing the curse
0: yes exactly (laughs) and so when i saw that scene in the end game i was like this is prophetic because i feel like in history we're so close to the lord's return we can see it Mm -hmm. in everything And I feel like there is a movement, there's a reason why we're just now discovering these things about women, because God is allowing these truths to be revealed in this time for this time for, for the women that are alive. Now, there's a reason he's revealing it now,
1: you know, yeah. it feels so much like he's saying, come on girls. Like it's time. It's your turn. (laughs) It is literally half the body of believers that it's like they're being woke up. And our, like, he is moving among women in a way that <laughs> I'm just like, I- I'm blown away. I'm blown yeah. away, girl. So it's funny that you say the superhero thing, cause I'm um, Chrissy McClellan, who I, I keep referring and you guys will be like, she is obsessed. I am. I love her. She's just amazing. But she, when she is teaching on Ezra Connecto, she points to Wonder Woman, like we, that is the picture of Ezra Konegdo of, mm-hmm. of strong strengthening you know rescuing holding accountable like Uh we like that's what is going on here and it it is oh girl it is it's so good and i want to point out i know we're wrapping up one more thing historically speaking that i that i I like to kind of correct a little bit is the proverbs 31 woman so i know we've talked about ezra connecto but the proverbs 31 woman and in our denomination, in our evangelical world, I don't know what it's like and everyone else's, but um, this woman, I used to despise her. Me <laughs> just, too. Right? Like, I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, it's been used as like this checklist or mm-hmm. this, and that is not historically accurate. Mm-hmm. It, um it was a, a praise for what women were doing already. And so at that time in history, what women were doing was mostly domestic things. But if you notice, she's also in business and mm-hmm. she's got, and she's got servants helping her. I do want to point yeah, that out. Let's just I'm say like, that. listen, listen, girlfriend. <laughs> but the men actually would memorize this poem and recite it to their wife on Shabbat, right? Like on Fridays, um, as a way to praise her and honor her. And so I've heard it said, it's kind of like an ancient you go girl. And <laughs> so today, if, if it's like, it's basically like a woman of valor. So if there's anything that you do that is noble or a valor, it's like saying you go girl mm-hmm. and like way to go. And so, um, that's what it is. It's just praising you for all the good things that you're doing now. Mm-hmm. And it's not a standard to live up to or live by, like, it's, it's just praising you for what you're doing. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. So that so was good. something too, that was very freeing to be like, Oh my goodness,
0: <laughs> That's so good. I love that. Yes. Because I resented her as well for a very long time. <laughs> and yeah, then right. I realized I was like, she probably did these things over a lifetime too. So there's some great, right.
1: <laughs> There's some grace here. I'm like, "Listen. <laughs> oh,
0: listen, Linda." Okay, so um Hannah, why don't you tell us how can they connect with you and what would you say is the I feel like of your four books. Um uh, maybe we'll oh, put yeah. those we'll put those links in the show notes so they can get them yeah. if they want, but then tell us which one is your favorite to start with.
1: Oh, goodness. Okay, so totally connect with me through Instagram. I'm there hanging out most of the time. You can find me at hannaarcallway.com and then you can get my books basically anywhere they're sold but the the research books that I've been doing so if you would like to further study I would definitely recommend it's I mean it's big it's big but you can you can kind of flip flop through it it's Jesus through middle eastern oz mm-hmm. cultural studies um and gospel and it's by Kenneth Bailey it's I mean it's it's a big one mm-hmm. so good so mm-hmm. good so you get to learn those Jewish idioms um the thing, and it just helps you under just understand more in your life. Oh my God, it's so crazy and good. And then next, I would highly recommend the Blue Parakeet by Scott McKnight okay. and um rethinking how you read the Bible. Fantastic! And there's a whole section on like on women, like women in church ministries today, and it was just very eye opening. Um. I would highly recommend that. And then there's Worthy Celebrating the Value of Women Mm -hmm. by Elise Fitzpatrick and Eric, cannot say his name, Schumacher. And then this one is my most recent that is like, what in the world? It's called Nobody's Mother just came out recently. It's by Sandra Glenn. It's about Artemis of Ephesians. And so there are these like creepy verses that have freaked me out growing up. It was like Paul's talking to Timothy and he's like, a woman will be saved through childbearing. And you're like, what is he talking about? Like what's going on? And and I've heard some people are like, we don't really know. Or I've heard some, just some crazy teaching on it. And this woman has done extensive research on the culture of what's going on. And Artemis is this God that we, we thought was the God of like fertility and maybe motherhood. And we were wrong. We we're oh. wrong. And it is just girl. So like I won't even give it away. But these books to get you started. So good. Okay. I'll well, send you. What,
0: what was the book that was by your favorite chick that you kept quoting?
1: Oh, oh yes, that too. Which do I have any of her books over here with me? Christy McClellan. Um, her study, Jesus and Women. I would start there. And then she has an on class that you can purchase called Ezra Connecto. And it's it is, it is life altering, like I, and life giving it, it truly is. So those, those are my resources. I will send you those links. Okay. I want every woman to know about them and to have them and and the men too, like the men yeah. who are like, I want to learn more about this subject so I can help the women who, who are in my life.
0: Yeah. I'm like over here thinking, how can I brainwash my boys
1: to you my know, like- watch the <laughs> Christy McClellan study? Like I would have it on kind of like playing and he would sitting and watching it with me because it's just so it's just so good Mm. it's just so good it's so so good
0: well and I've got boys who are going to be looking for wives I've got one dating and one almost dating you know and Mm -hmm. so I'm like oh y'all need to know what to be looking for so that's so good okay you should also reach out to that chick that's your favorite author and you should see about being an affiliate for her because (laughs) I know you're going to be promoting your stuff everywhere. So you should just do that. You're
1: right. I should, I should do that. I'm so excited. I was supposed to go to Israel with her in March, um, to study for two weeks and with everything happening in Israel, um, they pushed it back to 2025. And so I was like, okay, okay. But I, I am so here for it. Like not only okay. do I get to go to seminary, but I get to study in Israel. Like how fun wow. is that? That's amazing. I love that. Well, Hannah, thank you
0: so much for coming back on. You're such a sweetheart. I know you have a lot to do over there, scheduling out your year. And so thank you for taking the time to share with my people.
1: Oh, thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Well, you guys, thanks for tuning in. And for those of you who enjoyed this and maybe it probably more than anything just triggered some like sparks of new ideas and new things you may want to dig into share this with a friend share this with your husband share it with your pastor I don't know you never know and so share this out with people that you know thank you for tuning in go pop by on instagram at java with jen we can stay connected over there. I like to ask you guys questions and have conversations with you all over there. And if you're listening on Spotify, in case you didn't realize when you're listening to an episode, you can actually go into the app and you can leave comments, answer questions. And if I have a poll set up, you can answer a poll. So it's it's a fun way to interact with my episodes. You can actually leave a voice memo too. And so if you leave a voice memo, I could always pull it into other episodes and so go check that out in spotify but otherwise you guys thanks for tuning in share this with a friend and we'll see you guys next week thanks so much for tuning in to today's show listen let's stay connected come follow me on instagram at java with jen where you can follow the latest and say hey it's a really great way to stay in touch Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, don't miss our merch store where you can get super cool Java with Jen swag and coffee. Find it at javawithjenmerch.com. Until next time, remember... Hearing God's voice is simple and He wants to be a part of your everyday life. See you next week.